Welcome to today's daily audio podcast with Pastor Ken Spicer. We invite you to search the scriptures daily and allow God's love, grace, and favor to be the hallmarks of your life. Now prepare your hearts to hear a word from God today. Hi, everybody. Welcome to the podcast today. We are beginning a brand new chapter, Acts chapter 9, and we're going to pick up again with Saul of Tarsus, and we haven't seen or heard from Saul since Acts chapter uh, 8 verse 3 where it says as for Saul he made havoc of the church entering every house and dragging off men and women committing them to prison so he's uh, he's wreaking havoc on the church and then we have this interlude in chapter 8 that has to do with Philip in Samaria and uh, that was powerful and now let's pick it up in, in verse 1 of chapter 9 it says then Saul still breathing threats and murder against the disciples of the Lord went to the high priest Verse 2, and asked letters from him to the synagogues of Damascus so that if any, if he found any who were of the way, whether men or women, he might bring them bound to Jerusalem. The way um, is, was just a reference to the followers of Jesus. They called it the way. And, uh, and so they were bringing, he wanted to arrest those that were in this neighboring city of Damascus. And verse 3 says, so as he journeyed, he came near Damascus and suddenly... A light shone around him from heaven. Then he fell to the ground and heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said to him, Who are you, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. It is hard for you to kick against the goads. And so he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what do you want me to do? And then the Lord said to him, Arise, go into the city, and you will be told what you must do. And the men who journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice but seeing no one. And then Saul arose from the ground, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no one. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither ate nor drank. Uh, drank. So that is uh, 1 through 9. Now let me just go back through this real quick. Here he is coming down to further his persecutions of the church. Everybody that was following Christ, he, boy, he was passionate about destroying the movement that was started by Jesus Christ of Nazareth. So he was coming near Damascus, and the Bible says suddenly. Now, I want you to think about the suddenlies in your own life. There was a time in your life when Jesus radically interrupted you. Somehow, he might not have knocked you off your pony, but he certainly got your attention in some way. It could have been through an event where the devil was trying to kill you or one of your loved ones, and God stepped into that. See, God's not the one that does those things in order to get your attention, but he will use those attacks of the devil to get your attention. So uh, he takes advantage of the enemy's work there to get your attention over on the answer which is himself and not the problem, which is what the devil's trying to do. And so God interrupts him suddenly. And then he says to him, this is difficult for you, Saul, to kick against the goads. The goads were the pointy parts of a, of a cactus. And in those days, of course, they wore sandals. And so if you were going to start kicking against a cactus with your sandaled feet, it was going to be painful. And it was going to be not very productive. And that's what Jesus is equating his attempt to destroy the church by. Friend, that's why you don't ever have to worry about persecuting 
persecution coming to America. As persecution comes, that the church will actually explode. Uh, you're going to hear, uh, well, you heard last week during church when Baron uh, Dr. Gilfillan was with us, uh, you heard about all of the things happening in China. Uh, tens of millions uh, of, of believers in China under great persecution because whenever there's persecution, God is going to explode in the hearts of people. And and so, in fact, you know, it wouldn't surprise me. I was telling Eve this the other day. It wouldn't surprise me that all of this uh, hubbub over gay marriage settles down a lot in our country because now it's legal. When it was illegal and, and you weren't supposed to do it, that's all people wanted to do. And now that it's legal, you might even not hear about it so much because it's people want to do what they're not supposed to do. Uh, just the way here, when, when you're not supposed to worship Christ, and I know that's kind of a backward uh, application to this, but when you're not supposed to worship Christ and it gets ripped away from people, some of the nominal uh, uh, people that are truly saved, but they're not really, you don't really see any fruit in their life, they're going to step up and say, wait a minute, this is my, this is something important to me, and they're going to start serving God. So that's what's, uh, that's, that's what was happening. That's why Jesus is telling Paul, you're never going to be able to stop this. There's no way. So then Paul asks a, a, a provocative question. He says, who are you, Lord? And the Lord says, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. So now he knows fully who that is. And he also knows that he's not talking to a mere man here, but somebody that's already resurrected and, and, and is apparently very much alive. And so he's, he identifies himself, and then Paul gets saved. Let me say it again, or Saul, I should say. Then Saul of Tarsus, this Pharisee of the Pharisees, this persecutor of the church, he gets saved on the road to Damascus. And here's how we know. In verse 6, he said, trembling and astonished, Lord, what do you want me to do? He believes Jesus is Lord because after Jesus identifies himself, then he submits him, he, he, he then acknowledges him as Lord and then submits his life to him. Lord, what do you want me to do? And this is a great way to live our life. Lord Jesus, you are my Savior. You are my God. You are the risen Christ. What do you want me to do? And I'm telling you, he is laid out um, in, in a large part, portion of what Paul himself wrote later as Paul the Apostle instead of Saul of Tarsus and told us exactly what to do and how to do it and to live for Jesus. And so here we see in this very, very subtle interchange, it's not very subtle, but, but the heart activity here of Saul is very subtle, and he becomes a born-again child of the living God by saying, Lord. He identified him as Lord. God, you are my God. Jesus, you are my Lord. And then he says, what do you want me to do? And Jesus told him, arise, go into the city, and then I'll instruct you further. And so he rose up from there, and, and everybody was in awe, and he went into the city, and he couldn't see. And so it could have been that he felt like he was going to be blind forever. He probably did. I'm sure that he did. He didn't ask any questions about being blind. But I think that at that time he felt it was better to know a living God and be blind than to be able to see but have no vision, to be a Pharisee locked into this, um, this never-ending quest of pleasing God. Um, and I'm telling you, the grace of God set him free on the road to Damascus. And notice this, that he is so passionate about killing and destroying that God uses that very passion to turn it for the kingdom of God and uses him to preach the gospel in some very powerful ways. So just as you go into your own life and world today, realize that God 
is using your passion to reach others. That he has saved you based on him, not on you. And your belief in him allows you to say, Lord, what do you want me to do today? Show me somebody to talk to. Let it be that I would take what you've given me and share it with somebody else. Freely you have received, Jesus said in Matthew chapter 10, verse 8. Freely give. So you can give it away today. It's yours to give. Peter, or uh, yeah, Peter in Acts chapter 3, remember the gate beautiful. He said to the man, silver and gold have I none, but what I do have, I can give you. It's mine to give. You can transfer the goodness of God today into someone else's life. Maybe they're on their own Damascus road, and maybe God will use you to interrupt them today at work or at play, and you can remind them that Jesus is Lord. Amen? Well, listen, friends, thank you for your time today. That's all we have for today, but I'll see you bright and early right here tomorrow on the podcast. God bless. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. We pray you are blessed by God's Word. For more information, visit our website at www.newcreationca.org.